1: well hello everyone so nice to see so many people here I recognize many students from uh, the Sexual Politics in Scandinavia class who are here, but also other people in the audience. So welcome to everyone. Uh, Really excited to introduce um, animator Signe Baumane to you. Uh, So I will say a few words about uh, what we will be hearing about today, what this talk is about, and then um, we'll give give the floor to Signe who will who will have some time to share about his work, he, uh, her, her work, her animated films, and, um, and uh, also some time for questions and answers. So, uh, first of all, this talk is co sponsored by the Center for European Studies and the Center for Russia, East Europe, and Central Asia here at Un- University of Wisconsin Madison. And I'm super excited to introduce Signe Baumane, who is a Latvian born animator, uh, independent filmmaker, and artist with an interest in a wide variety of narrative themes, such as uh, love, marriage, sex, pregnancy, gender, individual versus society, and and much more. Signe is a Guggenheim Fellow and a Fellow in Film for New York Foundation for the Arts. And her 16 animated shorts have screened collectively at over 400 film festivals. And today, We're really excited to hear more about her latest projects. One of those is a a feature length animated film called Rocks in My Pockets from 2014. Many people in this audience have seen it, at least the students uh, who are joining from sexual politics class. And uh, this film is about five Latvian women throughout the 20th century. Um, depression, suicide, marriage, and gender roles in Soviet-occupied and post-Soviet Latvia. And Signa will also provide a glance at her new film, which is called My Love Affair with Marriage. And she will say more about when it will be released and when we can see it, hopefully. Um, So anyway, so happy that you're all here. Happy that you're here, Signa. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, One more thing, we'll have time for questions and answers um, afterwards. I think probably right now you cannot uh, write in chat, but I think later we'll maybe have um, that opportunity. People can write questions in chat or can just raise their hand and and I'll invite you to ask your question. Okay, thank you. And Signa, go ahead.
0: So I unmute myself, the moment I unmuted myself, I, you can hear probably this uh, gas heater <laughs> uh, buzzing away. Let me turn it off. Uh, off. Um, I am in my studio at the moment. I probably should uh, give you a little tour of it. It's uh, quite uh, a lot of things to see here. Uh, it's an animated feature uh, film uh, studio that um, me and my partner Sturgis uh, we are running um uh, first of all yes uh lena lee i cannot take my eyes away from the forest behind you <laughs> it's so dear to me and familiar and it's magical so uh really it's uh i can't even focus on anything it's like you're showing me 30 pictures and i can't take my eyes away
1: <laughs> i can use my video for <laughs> no 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 um
0: so i am um I am, yeah, I am a Latvian-born animator, and I live in New York, in Brooklyn, um, and uh, the themes that Lina listed are, uh, uh, of course, all the themes, and sometimes I wonder why these themes, like why gender, why sex, why marriage, why depression, uh, and all these things seem to me uh, interconnected and very related to To me, and I I feel that this probably because I am interested in a subjective point of view. Um, I I don't know if you guys have ever been depressed, but uh, when you get depressed, you're so focused on the interior. And so uh, so this interior that I have, my interior, my personal interior is huge. It's a vast universe and I'm kind of interested to explore it. So, so most of my films are deeply personal or they are maybe not a personal but they're kind of uh, archetypical fairy tales that I tell. Um, so I guess, yeah, I am in that way I'm that kind of artist um, or a storyteller. I want to tell my personal story and see how it lands with other people. Uh, so yeah, I made a lot of short films about sex uh, because sex is one of my favorite subjects uh, for many reasons. I think uh, sex is entertaining. Uh, sex is a form of communication uh sex is also uh, I guess means of how we multiply and how we procreate um but mainly I think the sex for me is the uh, as a form of communication and that is what interests me and so I made uh quite a few short films about sex and after I made all these 16 short films about sex I was like well uh I now know how to make short films I would like to see how I could make a feature film because that is the, the biggest challenge to me, like to to make at that time, you know, to make uh, a feature film, it seemed impossible because I like never held $20,000 in my hand at one time. Uh, so and the animated feature film costs a lot of money. Uh, you know, a lot of things that have to happen. And so I said, well, let me challenge myself and see if I can do it. So I was like, well, if I'm thinking about sex so much, uh, the other thing I'm thinking about it is about, you know, not existing, not wanting to exist. And I want to explore where these thoughts come from. So I started to write the story, uh, how I the 300 ways how I would not commit suicide and i thought it was like funny it was funny engaging but it just wasn't really material for a feature film and so i started to uh, i was like well i have to go into family history where i get these thoughts from and that really led me into the history of my grandmother anna and uh, it led uh, me into this whole story of rocks in my pockets and i wrote the story in three weeks and then my partner, Sturgis Warner, who is a, a new playwright, like a, he's a director and actor in a theater in New York. And he works as playwrights to develop, you know, new material, new plays, And so he is very good with developing uh, longer form storytelling. And I, it was my first feature film that I ever wrote. So uh, like one of the things he said, you know, you have to write, how does it feel? uh to from inside that depression the feeling of depression and uh and i was like well I, I first of all i think it's boring second of all i think that uh you know i don't want to go there because you know it's like it's like eating you know like when you see people eat you get hungry you know when you when you think about depression you get depressed and he said well without that part the film is not going to be good so uh, you have to go there and so I went there and I wrote that part uh uh, uh where how does it feel from inside when uh, I experienced the episode of depression so uh so that was the rocks in my pocket story and uh uh and there are true events uh depicted in the film uh these events really happened in my family but uh When I told the story, I reorganized materials so to make it more compelling. So some things are simplified, some are dramatized. And um, when I presented the story to my family, extended family, uh, which was, it happened in a premiere in Latvia. And I was was kind of horrified. My father invited them all. I don't know why. He probably was very, you know, I mean naive, you know. But so, yeah, so it was like, the family, like forty people, came from the family for the, to the premiere, and they were all scandalized. They were like, "How dare you!" <laughs> and and also they said, "That's not how it happened." And I'm like, "Well, that's not how you see it happen. Uh, this is how I see it happen." So, uh, I think that it's kind of hard to argue with a subjective point of view, you know, and. Um, you know that's how I saw these events you know that's my story uh and I am you know survivor and I experienced it myself so in some ways to me to tell to to get to the truth uh was more uh uh necessary than to recount the facts so uh and so that's I think where documentary storytelling and the storytelling that I am kind of doing which is a subjective, subjective point of view, uh, that is what the difference is. So that's uh, briefly about uh, Rocks in My Pockets. And uh, uh, I don't know, I mean, I could talk more about the family and the family's reaction, or I could uh, uh, go in a little bit about how the film was made and uh, uh, kind of explain a little bit uh, the process of it, like a technical process of it? Uh,
1: Maybe first, if you could talk a little bit more about the storylines of the film, Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, is there anything that you would want to highlight? And then um, one of the questions that came up in uh, class discussion about this film, that I think you could address too, is, how would you describe um, people's attitudes towards mental health issues in Latvia? Because obviously the film, uh, you can say more about that, but, but I think that I really appreciate how the film shows um, that during Soviet occupied Latvia, that there was not really a lot of help for people who were suffering from depression. So if you could say something about that, but maybe also about how this has changed in Latvia now, if, how you see that. Uh, but yeah, could you also say something about these different storylines, um, so people who haven't seen it have a a good picture?
0: Uh, so uh, the my grandmother Anna in in the film uh, she is uh, she marries a much older man, like thirty years older than her, and uh, he, in a fit of jealousy, takes her to the middle of forest, the forest where you your background. You know, <laughs> and uh there she gives him or she delivers eight children one of them my my father and they live in in kind of difficult circumstances because uh on the top of the of that little hill that they are you know they're on top of this mountain and she has not a mountain but like a hill and she has to and it, it was impossible to dig a well in this mountain, in this hill. So she, my grandmother had to go down to the river to uh, to uh, bring the buckets of water for the family and for the family's animals like horses and, and cows. And so it was like extreme in some ways, a way of living. Um, but also we know that hardships sometimes pull people together and in some ways it did and it didn't because she starts to have fantasies going into the river and um, drowning herself. And uh, so she was found in the river, that's a fact. She was found in a river by a neighbor a few times trying to drown herself. Um, and then when she died, uh, that was a mystery. How did she die? And that question of how did your my grandmother died? Was never answered by any of my relatives, and even after the film, I was premiered and uh, everybody saw it. And my dad loved the film, and we, he, you know, we all came home. We sat down at the kitchen table, and it was like a, like a great like collective sigh that this story has been told. And then I said, "Dad, so how did your mom die?" And he is just like gave a little pause and then he looked out the window and says oh i think it's gonna rain it's like starting to rain <laughs> it just wouldn't it's like some secrets are so deep that they uh, just don't come out and i didn't press and and since then my dad passed away so i will probably never find out um so then uh, when uh, the the children of Anna's my grandmother's children that, so the grandchildren start to grow up and and make their mark on on, on in, you know in the in the life um so mysterious things happened uh one of my cousins uh also had to marry by the way it was always somehow related to marriage she had to marry someone who she liked but she wasn't sure if she wanted to marry or she wanted to be an artist and uh, and she was young 21 and uh, family insisted that she marries because uh, the guy owed something to uh, you know guys family or like there was like a mutual kind of like you know dealing and dealing and so they said no you have to marry him so she married him And soon after she delivered the first child, uh, she was found uh, trying to strangle herself. And so she was put in a mental hospital once and twice and three times, and then she never came out of it. And then one day in a mental hospital, she found a way, she like broke free and found a way to, uh, to die. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know I don't, if anyone is being triggered by by suicide, like by what I'm saying. I, I probably shouldn't be saying it, but that's that's the film, that's the story. And then um, and then uh, my story is I also got married, and after the first, uh my child was born, I also uh, started to have obsessive fantasies about how I would kill myself. And, uh, and so I wanted to talk to someone I wanted to talk to someone who is wise, and who would guide me because I, I didn't feel like I deserved to be checked in a mental hospital. I just wanted to talk to someone who is wise. And I went to the psychiatrist in a small town that I lived and uh, in Latvia and uh, she just she found out that I have suicidal thoughts and she asked, have you tried to do uh, suicide before? And I said, I did when I was 18. And I said, and that taught me one thing that I will never do it again because my body had a stronger will to live than than my will, my mental will to die was not as strong. So my body had really a a powerful will to live outside the will to die. And so she instantly, when she heard that I tried to commit suicide at age 18, she put me in a mental hospital and I was there for uh, quite a few months and they diagnosed me with something that I would never be having any future in the, in, in, uh, in the society, but uh, then my parents bribed her, they gave her a big chunk of money and uh, somehow the diagnosis uh, was turned into something else. <laughs> so um, that's just an interesting uh, way to look at mental illness that it is actually could be adjusted. Um, but that was all in, in, uh, in the former Soviet Union. So, And then uh, my other cousin, who is the same age as me, uh, she also, she wanted to marry and nobody would marry her. <laughs> and then she overstudied. She was studying uh, for... Um, uh, for doctors and then she learned all these things. And uh, her um, her name in movies, Linda. And so she studied and studied and she had a nervous breakdown. And then she wanted to marry her roommate, uh, not a roommate, but a renter who rented an apartment in her house, uh, a room in the house. And so, uh, so there's this call obsessive character. In the film, it uh, doesn't really have the ending that she is just said that she's in and out of mental hospitals. Um, mm-hmm. And then she has a daughter from another unfortunate encounter uh, with a man, or fortunate encounter, I should say, because the daughter turned out really well. Um, But uh, when I was making the film uh, around 2013, I think, when I was close to finishing it, she uh, walked in front of a train and so she died. Um, And so that was... uh, I also feel like uh, she didn't want to live. So, um, and um, yeah, so these, uh, you know, stories and tragedies. And, um, uh, so now, uh, once uh, I tell the story uh, and uh, I, when I was making the film, I started working on a film in 2010 and I wrote the script and uh, uh, I was, I wrote it in English and I, said to myself nobody in my family will ever see this film um because it's in english they all live in latvia and i you know and they don't speak english and they will never find out because this film is not going to be you know it's going to be in film festivals here and there but somehow uh it, ha- it didn't happen around 2013. I was contacted by a keynote center and they said, we heard that you're making this film. And, uh, we, and I. what is it? And I send them the little clip where I tell the second world war uh, in two minutes. I don't know if you really registered that, but second world war, a Latvia and second world war was told in two minutes. And I thought it was like a quite a achievement, right? To tell the complexities like where uh, Russians come in and then they uh, no, sorry. Uh, first, yeah, Russians come in, then Germans come in, then Russians come in, and all these, all people want to do in Latvia is like to live, to survive, to 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 feed the children, to to have the cow, you know, to to have the water, and all these grand uh, ideological fights, you know, they affect their lives actually uh, t- tremendously, you know. Uh, so, so then uh keynote center saw that footage and they said, Oh my god, this film, we have to do something, and uh we give you a chunk of money, so translate it in Latvian, and uh and I, I was like, oh, I don't really want to translate in Latvian, but I, I cannot say no to Keynote Center because you know they're so so supportive. And why not? Okay, well maybe my family wouldn't come to movie theater. <laughs> And so I I translated the film I recorded it in Latvian and then uh, there was a premiere scheduled, and my dad said, "Oh, your film is going to be premiered in a in a big Riga movie theater, you know." I, I invite some relatives. Is that okay? And I was like, "Well, don't invite too many." Well, then he invited forty of them. So, and uh, some of them got really upset uh, with me that they uh, you know wrote. Very upset emails and and said that only person who hates her family and her grandmother would make such a film and I I I was like arguing and saying no I love I love my family I love my grandmother but um, that's what happens when you let out these uh, family deep secrets um, but you know the younger generation of the of my family they were saying that is amazing because we never knew any of this. And now we understand the family history and also understand ourselves because we didn't know where these dark thoughts are coming from and all that. And and so then the the other Latvians were also saying, you know, like we, we, we all think like our family is so special because we don't talk to anybody right so when you think that all these like suicides and depressions and nervous breakdowns happen only in my family because everybody else is so good at hiding it and so then 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 you'd keep hiding it because like it's you only you are stained your family is stained but when you start talking to everybody you find out that everybody every single family had these events so there's nothing to be ashamed of we are just all human And so in Latvia, when the film was released in 2014, the conversation about mental health was so new. Like maybe uh, a month before the film was released, uh, a very famous Latvian personality uh, in an interview uh, told that she had a depression and uh, that she suffered from this pain and everybody was like attacking her and some people were not attacking her and there was like a big conversation and then my film comes in and that was even bigger conversation. And the film actually was in Latvian movie theater uh, for six months because the the local psychology community uh, built the conversation around the mental health around the film. And now I think probably Uh, is different in Latvia Um, although I did uh, have a lot of emails uh, for a while uh, after the film was released uh, people were sending me Facebook messages and saying well I tried to do what you did and I bravely told everybody that I have depression and guess what happened I got fired and so uh, but I think that now might be uh, different that was in 2014, 2015. I think that people are waking up to the mental health importance and, and now they know how to take care of it and how to protect it. There's at least conversation around it, so. But yeah, I always say that I am bipolar because I was born in Latvia where there are two extremes uh, between a summer and winter solstice. In summer solstice, uh, we in Latvia would go crazy and celebrate the summer solstice and barely sleep the whole summer because it's just wild. Because, you know, it's like it makes you really feel alive and you want to have sex and, and it's amazing. And then in the winter solstice, you just uh, go into this hibernation where you just move slowly, barely get anything done. And so, that, those are the two extremes. And so they're reflected by nature, and I think that's a kind of what um, uh, I've wanted to also show that na- nature is connected to the mental uh, condition. Also, in uh, in the film in uh, in Rocks in My Pockets, I do have two characters representing uh, the will to live is represented by that uh, wolf-like the green dog, a wolf-like creature who shows Anna how to survive in a forest, which mushrooms to eat, how long to boil them, and uh, and he protects her, gives her flowers, and that's the will to live. And the other one, the depression spirit, it's like a snake-like creature that lives in a river, and it looks at Anna and invites her to go into the water. Um, And water is actually an ancient symbol of uh, emotions. And uh, when you think about it, uh, rivers and water is a way how we communicate like like for uh, thousands of years, the ships would sail on the water because that was the fastest way to communicate between the Points, you know, between people. Uh, so emotions is communication, uh, but also emotions are cold, or they could be overwhelming. They could be dangerous. They could be uh, delightful, and uh, also you can drown in your emotions if you don't have control over them. And so that was the idea: why the depression spirit lives in the river. But of course he, he lives in the river because that's where she goes every day, 40 times a day. She goes down to the river, fills the buckets with water and goes up back on the, on the, on the hill. Um, so, but, but that's also the way what I wanted to show in the film was that we do have that strong will to live and then we have the will to die. And uh, we live between these two extremes. I mean, not we, probably I should talk for myself. (laughs) Um, I I hope I'm not going into very too dark a subject or.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, Could you um, say, I mean, I think we'll have some questions about, um, you know, your animation styles overall, and we'll see an example of it soon of your new film. But before that, uh, could you just talk a little bit about how you approached uh, animation in general? Because we see quite the combination of the um, of, of animation, different modes of animation. So maybe you could say a little bit about that, too, um, with this film or, you know, you can obviously talk about other films you made as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, before I even started uh, Rocks in my Pockets, I uh, like a year before, uh, this uh, fashion designer in Italy, his name is Aspesi, 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 uh, he saw my work, he saw a bit of sex, and he said, uh, he emailed me and said, I love your work, I love what you do, can you come to my, it, it, you know, Milan and and make a mural for me, and I was like, for for ten thousand dollars, and I was like, oh my god, for ten thousand dollars, I'd do anything. Although I had no experience of making murals, you know, my my size of the I have, the way I work is like this big. I work on paper. Uh, but I went to the, I went to the uh, Milan and I made a mural and it was a strange, amazing and, and very stressful experience because, you know, like you make something for the first time. And then he said, well, murals are really uh, boring because, you know, eventually you have to paint them over and do another mural. He says, but can you make uh, a sculpture? Like, a, you know, and I'm like, uh yeah like out of what and he says well it has to be light it has to be something that my people in a store can lift up and move around and they have to be big they have to be as tall as you and so it's paper mache and i'm like yeah sure i never done paper mache before but you know for money i do anything so um i made these like 30 of these paper mache sculptures for him and i really enjoyed it doing so much I, I was like this is amazing i didn't know i had this talent for three-dimensional things and i would like to incorporate that into my uh you know animation work but except you know paper mache once it dries you cannot bend it you know it breaks so i um, i was like well then what do i do and like it took me like a few months of thinking and i was like well i just I make something three-dimensional, paper mache, and then I photograph it, and then I uh, put my characters, I draw characters inside. And so that is how I made uh, the rocks in my pockets. um, So there are two techniques uh, in the rocks in my pockets. One is the three-dimensional sets, photographs, and then the characters are drawn inside. And then uh, and the other technique is the fantasy scenes, is like the, the scenes, the abstract concepts represented in images, and that is just a flat drawing with the shadow, like a flat shadow on, on it. So that was the two ways, how I was saying this is reality happening to characters, and this and this is either backstory, either like flashback or backstory, or the fantasy interpretation of the of the you know, abstract concepts that happens. And so that's why I employ two techniques. Um, In my new film, though, I have four techniques, (laughs) Uh, four uh, different uh, animation types to depict four distinct uh, 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 environments. The one is the environment where the story of the character unfolds, which is made also a three-dimensional photograph sets environment. The other one is the uh, fantasy of the character that is also flat drawings with a flat shadow. And so that those are also like the fantasy imagination or kind of a backstory. And third one is biology. What happens inside the character as she falls in and out of love, right? So that is another entirely different Uh, technique animation technique and then uh, the fourth one is the maps and maps are are a very important part of uh, the story because um, uh, I mean in some ways it's political in some ways it is also the uh, political maps are also depiction of the reality of the character and so the the world as one is part of the character's journey so that's the poor environment so um, the new film is actually more uh, developed in a style and more thought out and more kind of uh, yeah you say developed and I think that uh, our sets have become more developed in the, with the new film uh, but I, I'm very intrigued with this technique. Um, uh, you know, i I, sh- I wouldn't say that I'm the only one or I invented this particular technology, right? Because that's a stupid thing to say because everything has been already invented. And if you didn't if you don't know about it, it's just because you don't know about it, right? But it's everything is happening in this world. It's like so many billion people and people think similarly. so things we sing same song, we tell the same story over and over. And so uh, I don't really believe in like uh, like superior originality, although I think it's a good thing to try. Um, so so here you can see the set behind me, which is, uh, I don't know, if We should we go into that or, yeah?
1: Yeah, that sounds good. And I think I'll, I'll try to, uh spotlight you so we can see you bigger here. And so, yeah, you can share anything you want from your studio and perhaps then at some point you could also tell us what the new film is about. What's the main if, if, no spoilers, I guess.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I can tell what the film is about, but uh, uh, first of all, let's uh, look at the sets. So here is a set uh, of um, uh, it's in Riga. There's a Uh, In Riga, there is a small mountain uh, called Basteikons, which was uh, part of the uh, wall that protected uh, old Riga from attacks from outside. And then of course it was dismantled and the little mound stayed and was planted with trees. And as you can see, it has a little staircase going up there. And if you can see, the, uh, the trees have faces. See the faces?
1: yes nope. i can see the faces yeah
0: okay yeah. and then they're kind of mostly so this is um this is a mountain not a mountain but a hill where one of the characters proposes to another and uh you know uh maybe the uh, you see and this is from the other side so this whole mountain has been built from paper you know, like inside is all crumpled New York Times. Um, so here is another set. Uh, is a, a like a actually final set of a building that has been inspired. Let me show you in Riga. Uh, okay, so in Riga there is this building. You see this building? The red brick building. Yes. Yeah. So that is the building that we took as a basis for inspiration for this particular building. and see there are similarities and also a little bit differences, um, but that's helping see that. Uh, and Sturge is my partner who I introduce you to in a moment. He built them, this is the um, set. Okay, so here is the set and I go on the other side here and you can see how it looks from the other side uh, here uh like that you see so that's uh so that um it's built from little scrap woods we have around here a lot of uh uh, uh carpentry shops and uh, they throw out the carpenters throw out their garbage uh at the end of the day and the garbage is you know little pieces of wood like this and we stitch it together and we make a set for free. We don't have to pay for, <laughs> for the wood. And so here is the uh, the uh, tools that Sturges, my partner, uh, uh, makes uh, the sets as, as the help of these. This is my palm tree. And uh, they're a little like a painting department here, as you can see. Uh, here is very important. Uh, Here's a, a boiled water. It says in Latvian, I, uh, my uh, supernatural goal in life is to teach everybody who works for me. I, I write uh, j- on jars, on top of the jars, I write in Latvian what the color is, and so let them guess. And varied students means boiled water, which is very important when you make mix the glue. Uh, the glue is dry, and when you mix it with unboiled water, it covers with uh, bacteria in a few days. Um so here is another set one of my favorite sets. Oh something is going to fall. So here is my one of my favorite sets. You can see uh so there are the two characters uh get together and uh they live here for a little bit. Um and um also you can see from the other side here like uh, that is, uh, how it was built. And here is another set. Um, that's like a luxurious apartment uh, in Toronto uh, for the new film. And here's my Monstera. As you can see, it's of monstrous proportions, isn't it? It's yeah. monstrous. It's huge. It's like taking, it's like drawing. You see these little arms here, like these arms? They're they're trying to get to my table to animate. And I have to cut them down time to time because I'm like, you can't take my job away from me, you monster, you see those long arms? (laughs) So here is another set of an art gallery. And this art gallery, uh, the main character meets uh, somebody there and then she loses her virginity to him. And as you can see, uh, so I I don't know if you can tell, but this uh, gallery, like in in Soviet Union, uh, they didn't have use for churches because it was uh, uh, what you call it, atheist state. So they converted all the churches into public spaces and museums and art galleries, so it's a good way to do it. So you can see the arcs you know, uh, from the church and the, you know, it, can you tell it, right? That it yeah. was a, con- yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, But it also uh, has a double meaning because uh, the main character, she wants to be an artist and for her uh, art space is a sacred space. So it kind of has a double, like a double meaning. Here is a boot uh, made entirely of paper mache yeah no one actually if you had a very small foot you can put it on but um yeah so now lena lee you see here's a
1: forest yes (laughs)
0: uh you uh i mean i don't think it's better than your forest but at least it's a forest i can also have a forest and here are um crooked buildings as you can see meaning that human structures uh human structures are uh kind of like humans build these structures and then the nature kind of like sinks them down or uh, distorts them and so then at the end you see all these crooked buildings Mm -hmm. um and that's the idea and here is a bush uh, we made it from as you can see it's a crumpled paper we crumpled it up and then we painted it and and like when you see it in a close-up you, you see oh yeah it's crumpled paper but when you see it in a distance you're like yeah, oh, that's a bush right it does look mm-hmm. like a bush a little bit
1: yeah yeah
0: for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, here's a little carousel and uh it even spins uh, that is one of the also characters in it. And here's one of character I want to introduce to Sturgis Warner, Hello. my partner.
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> and he's also a lighting designer and uh, what else? Uh, producer.
1: Casting director.
0: Casting director, a carpenter. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. All, all, all the jobs. All mixed up. All house. mixed up. And so here is, I, I'm going to show you more because you, you will see some of it. Uh, uh so the this set you're going to see um in a moment because i'm going to show you a little clip mm-hmm. so take a look at that so this door moves mm-hmm. uh, this actually can move in and out uh because we do interact and there are these two pigs we mm-hmm. do interact uh uh, with the, we have interaction between sets and the characters. I, I'm not gonna go and show you every in the great mm-hmm. detail. But here's the rest of the studio, and uh, there on the top you can see my paper mache uh, things, and uh, somewhere here, like for example, here is from uh, Rocks in My Pockets. Uh, hold on, hold on. This one, this building. Yeah. There yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. And uh, hold on, and here's another one, you see. Mm-hmm. And then here on top uh are um uh, the, the street. Mm-hmm. The, the Riga special Riga Jugend style. Uh, you know, the the buildings, those big faces, the Jugend style uh things. <laughs> uh and here's our shooting room where we shoot uh the uh uh, the, um, the footage right now, uh, we have this white set here and, uh, so you can see the grid and here's a camera. Let me see. Um, so can you see, all right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that is um, and then uh, here you can see the gels for the lights that we use uh, in the here warm gels, and then the whole uh, setup is like this, and the camera is uh, uh, is on a rail so that we could uh, move it smoothly, increment by increment, you know so mm-hmm. so that it would be smooth movement turn the light off and so that's the studio
1: this is super great we are now so excited to see that clip from the new film i think
0: (laughs) well i have to introduce you to the new film Mm -hmm. um so when when i was making rocks in my pockets Uh, One thing that was horrible was that for four years while I was making it, everybody was telling me how horrible my voice is. They said, you're ruining your career by by voicing uh, your own film. You're not an actor. You should give it to Meryl Streep. Why are you doing this? And for four years, they were like relentless. My best friends, they were begging me on their knees not to do my voice for the film. But you know, some things you cannot change because it's a personal film and I felt it was really necessary for me to to narrate the film. And also Sturgis uh, trained me, he's a theater director. So he knew how to work with me to bring out, you know, like things, importance of the story so but but i swore to god i would never make another film with my own voice you know i was like i hate my voice and i hate to i can't even watch the film you know like i watched it 300 times too, when i was making it and when i finished it i went to premiere in carlo vivari and at the premiere there were 2000 people i almost died and of this stress, you know, so I don't want to see the film ever again. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, I would like to make a film that I don't really hate the voiceover so bad. So I, uh, we we made a plan and we made this film. We are making the film with 29 singing and talking characters, which is a lot. It's a lot. It's like for animated feature film. And only, I am only animator, you know, that that is, That is why the film took six years to make. But uh, we are finishing it. Uh, We are about to finish it uh, in January, actually. It will be done. So, uh, and then we see what happens. The film is a story of a young woman, Zelma. She was born in uh, Latvia and she lives through the Soviet Union, the glory, and then through the, when Soviet Union collapses, and then what happens then? Uh, She lives through all these major upheavals uh, uh, of the the country uh, while she's trying to find a perfect love and lasting marriage. And so, and the film is called My Love Affair is Marriage. Um, So now in Soviet Union, uh, uh, women and men uh, were on a paper, were considered equal and uh, the same way how in this country they say everybody is equal or like all men are created equal they don't say anything about women or they don't say anything about race or whatever right it's just like what is what do you mean it's like the same in soviet union they said men and women are equal you cannot uh, be you know but in practice it never worked out that way in practice people held uh, interesting beliefs about each other gender. And of course uh, world is a very complicated place and to figure out what's right, what's wrong and how to be in this world is is kind of challenging. So you kind of take uh, snippets from the culture you're around and you build your own world. And so, I would like to show you a little five-minute clip. I, I I can't guarantee it will play successfully. So if it doesn't play successfully, we will stop it and uh, talk about it. Uh, but so uh, it, so in this uh, just before this clip starts, you know the main character meets uh, this guy and is amazing. And she makes, she tries a couple of potatoes for him. And he is so taken by her cooking skills that he proposes to her. And she says, yes. And so it's, she's on a top of the the top of the world. Like she feels invincible. All right. So that was a little clip from, uh, my love affair is marriage, um, uh, where I actually, uh, I am kind of exploring where we get the ideas uh, about love and marriage and where they come from, because it's not, it's not just uh, you know, biological, uh, our search for love and marriage, uh, it's also cultural. And as I said, one of the themes is exploring that line or like the relationship between the nature and culture And so um, uh, unfortunately I didn't show you the uh, uh, clip as biology, but uh, uh, where the biology is kind of uh, being grounding everything that these three singing sirens are building up these expectations and uh, uh, kind of sending this uh, messages of, you know, how to behave and how to be a woman. And uh, the biology is kind of counterbalancing that um, and saying this is what it really means to be a human or to be a woman,
1: so. Thank you, super interesting. I think that maybe we could uh, open up some uh, space for questions from the audience. I'll Remove spotlight here just for now. Um, so if anyone has questions and yes, it's we can also applaud now or, or later. Um, so I think I see here two hands.